Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Welcome into Mondays with Matt. And it's time to get naughty or nice as we are into the final weeks of December. We are going to make a list, check it twice, and all that good fun stuff as we wrap up the podcast session for this year. This will be our final show of 2022, but we'll be back with more in 23. And I thought we'd have a little fun, Matt, by doing a, I think we did one of these a couple, maybe a while back, maybe it was last Christmas, I can't remember, but where we talked about, you know, naughty or nice in a financial product. But this time I want to talk about is the advisor in the scenario I'm going to describe being naughty or nice. So that's on topic today. Matt, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Oh, sure. You're putting me on the hot seat. That's huh? right. Well, it's Christmas time. <laughs> uh, Santa's watching. It is. It is Christmas. Santa is watching. So right. you all, uh, this should be a fun one. Yeah, yep. should yep. be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready for ready for um, some holiday excitement, and I uh, hope you guys are too. Yeah. So it's that time of, of year, and hopefully you're able to spend time with some loved ones. Uh, this is always uh, interesting, you know, around the holidays. So we'll kind of ask you to judge whether we're uh, being naughty or nice. And, you know, if you're listening <laughs> to the podcast and you don't agree, well, just shoot me a little text or an email and we'll have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that's there's nothing wrong with dialogue, right? Good, good, productive dialogue. So, yeah, this is uh, we're about a, well, I don't know, about 10 days or so away from when we're dropping this podcast from Christmas. So we hope everybody has a great holiday. Uh, you know, with family is time of giving, time of, uh, you know, holiday cheer and all that good stuff. So hopefully uh, everyone has a good holiday. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to do this little game here. You know, it's just kind of fun. I'm going to give you some scenarios, Matt, and you tell me if you think that the advisor was being naughty or nice or or maybe, you know, neither, right? Whichever, whichever okay. way you want to go. So okay. scenario one, uh, client usually meets with the advisor once a year in November. That's their annual you know, uh, checkup, if you will. Right. Uh But this is the year they're retiring and they're going to retire in May. So they want to make sure that they meet in May to get everything in order, just to make sure things are smooth as retirement begins. And the advisor says, cool, everything's looking great, whatever. This will count as this year's meeting versus doing the one later in November. Is that advisor being naughty or nice? Well, (laughs) I would have to say maybe he's being practical. Um, but, but, um, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily discount getting together on your annual meeting. Um, naturally we have events in life, so uh, retirement is a pretty big one. So I always treat the client as, Hey, they may, we might need a couple of meetings to just to make sure, because if you don't have complete peace of mind when you're ready to retire, you don't want to wing this. Sure. Absolutely. Extra, extra meetings. I, I would say he's verging on the edge of being naughty because you know chances <laughs> yeah. are he's going to need more meetings than less meetings and, and it's it's probably retirement. to the individual right or to the couple right matt so couple a might say yeah i'd feel better if we go ahead and got together in november but couple b might you know be like nah we're good we'll see you in yeah. next may you know or whatever right you know that couldn't be a truer statement because everybody's different you know i've got clients that um I, that did want to meet you know more frequently uh, two or three times yeah. during that year of retirement, and then other ones, yeah, they're 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 retired, um, no problems, and uh, definitely want to talk, and yeah. definitely want to find out, hey, is this feeling right? Is this working out? But um, yeah, I, I'd could, say you you can squeeze in an extra meeting. I mean, yeah. 
aside from everything else, um, from the retirement scenario, um, if, if the client agrees and the advisor agrees, then yeah, that could one meeting, you know, could, could be sufficient. For and that and then the way we've gotten a little bit more comfortable with things, it could be, you know what, I, I'm feeling pretty good, but why don't we do a, you know, a quick one hour or a 30 minute virtual check-in, you know, kind of yeah. thing. That's, that's Zoom an calls option. are, are right. fun. You know, it's just like, uh, just like having a conversation, but yep. you know, um, and, but then you don't have to drive and yeah. And it's November in Michigan and who wants to drive and <laughs> So, right, right. So you can well, got to watch for those deer. The hunters right. are out, you know, jumping the deer out of the woods. That's so. right. You could add that element to it. All right, cool. Well, let's go to scenario number two. Okay. Uh, a prospective client calls to, you know, book an appointment with a financial professional to discuss working together or not. And they find out that they have an asset minimum, which the prospective client doesn't meet. Do advisors who set asset minimums, are they, are they being naughty or nice? Well, now I have an asset minimum, so I would have to say it's being nice for the mere fact. I of, think this is practical too, to your point, because you're a small, it, you're a small firm. There's only so many hours in a day, right? I want to say, you know, it's being nice. It's being nice to the clients that have assets and that that vest their trust and confidence with us. Because having a minimum, I mean, I can't take every everybody. Um, right. I, you have limited time, you have limited resources. And so we have a minimums just for that fact, you know, and I've told people, you know, I've had, you feel terrible. I feel terrible, but I'd you help know, you if I could, lady, but right. There's just like, there's nothing I can work with kind of, you thing. know, this lady yeah. saved up this money and yeah. she wanted to come in and put in, you know, X number of dollars in it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't get paid anything for that. And right. um, I, the hard part for me is, you know, my heart is a com- one of compassion. I, I want to help everybody I can. Right. But um, at the same time, I have to respect my time. I have to respect your time if you're my client. And the, the, the clients that do have a large amount of assets with us and they have their whole plan with us, you know, I've got to spend time focusing on them. So, yeah, you have to you have to do minimums. And I, I would say any advisor that doesn't um, uh, probably you need to probably move look well that's that's go somewhere else possibly yeah that's an interesting point because some people we've talked about red flags before you know if you're taking if if an advisory firm is taking on everybody under the sun that that comes in the door on the one hand that that might sound fantastic but a do they have the capability to handle all that or do you become no longer a face but just a number right there's a number of avenues i think as as us as clients have to weigh in when we're looking for a firm we say hey do i want to work with a great big firm that's got 20 advisors so that I'll always be seen, but I'm just kind of a number? Or do I want to work with a boutique firm where, you know, they have some minimums and, and time's a little tougher sometimes to, you know, to get FaceTime because you're only one person in the office, right? So you have to ask yourself that as the as the potential client as well. Sure. Yep. And uh, just, just so everybody knows, you know, I, myself, I have another advisor in the office. We have a client of service associate. So right. a lot of times um, once people come in and they work with, with me, they're comfortable working with our client services associate to get things taken care of, you know, that are, you know, a nominal thing, this, that, or the other, or they, and the, or they need a small some, transaction yeah. or paperwork. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to necessarily in, invade the the time, you know, and that's why we have those. Support right. Staff, but you're so. overseeing, you know, you're still overseeing all the plan design and so on and so forth. And, and we've yeah. had this conversation in the past where somebody, you know, especially with a, a really large firm, for example, where the, the, maybe the, 
the person who is uh, kind of the figurehead, the kind of the face of the company, is really no mm-hmm. longer doing the actual work because they've got a big practice, right? So yep. they just kind of do the marketing, and then someone comes in and they never see them, and they get a little upset by that. Well, it's like, well, then that's probably not the right kind of firm for you, right? So you got to ask yourself that again as the prospective client. But I don't exactly. think minimums yep. are. I don't think there's anything wrong with minimums because it's just, it's just no. the nature of the beast, right? It, so. it is, and it, and there's a there's a there's an advisor for everybody, but um, right. you, you know, I, I'm not for everybody, and but the ones that we are for, we do. I, I'd like to say we do a heck of a good job um, for them, and yep. and that's our goal. So if you know, I if you totally don't feel agree. that way, definitely give me, <laughs> let me know because yep. uh, no, we want we want to pay attention, but yeah, you got to have a minimum. Uh, it makes sense, and it respects the time, and, and it respects the uh, attention okay. that you can give to everybody. All right. How about this one? This was an interesting one. Scenario number three, naughty or nice. A 40-year-old client leaves a voicemail for her advisor saying she just wants to go ahead and switch her IRA to more conservative nature because the upcoming year's outlook isn't going to be too good in her opinion for the market. So the advisor goes ahead and makes the changes and emails her back and says these have been done. Is that advisor being naughty or nice? This one's got some sticky points, I think. Yeah, that advisor's being sketchy. Okay. Um, yeah, we can't take trading instructions on voicemail. You know, there's any number of reasons that the SEC or what if it's not you jump on <laughs> jump on jump down your neck if they ever yeah. audit you and find oh that wasn't your client that was their right, that's, uh, that's exactly their as I say, mom that's, or dad or their brother or sister. That's as I say. What if that was somebody's like you know ticked off you know cousin yeah. <laughs> you yes. know yeah. who sounded like so, him or whatever i mean why would someone yeah. do that i get that but still you guys have rules for a reason yeah there's there's rules for a reason and that's a compliance issue so yeah but no no trading instructions on, on voicemail you'll never find me making changes based on that it's either got to be in writing through an email yeah or or we need to verbally confirm that over the phone um where you know or in person so and, and yeah that, i mean that if you're having concerns about being more con- you're switching your portfolio then it's probably time for a meeting face to face i was getting ready to say that, i was going to say the first problem with this is clearly the the uh you know the fact that it's a no no from a from a rule standpoint the second problem is even if you know the client right like even if the person that called they leave the message you know exactly what you know who they are and stuff but you still got to confirm all that what do you mean by going more conservative? Like, why are you all of a sudden wanting to make these changes? And did you even talk to me about this prior? So maybe it's time for a meeting so that we can make the, the appropriate changes and not just, well, what does conservative even mean? Do you want it to go down 1%? Like, right. <laughs> what, are you, what are you after? You know. Sorry, I moved you to cash. I put you in a fixed product and uh, you can't get access to your money for five years. Is right. that what you wanted? <laughs> right. And, and so, yeah, yeah. It's, so va- it's too vague, right? So you need to have a meeting. E- exactly. Yep. So that advisor is being naughty. Okay. Yep. Don't, no voicemail instructions okay. in, in transactions. This yep. one's kind of similar, but I, I wanted to do this one as well because it's it's got that, and it, you could kind of apply that, well, it's my money kind of conversation to the last one, but also this one. Uh, so it's kind of similar in this standpoint. So scenario number four, uh, a client is going on vacation. They're on the plane realizing that they forgot to transfer money from one of their 
uh, you know, brokerage accounts over to their checking account for the vacation. So they shoot the email that you just referred to saying, hey, can you please get this transferred for me uh, and get this handled? The advisor replies that they don't want to process that kind of transaction, A, without the verbal confirmation, which we just talked about. Uh, but the client is not able to make that phone call because they're on a plane, as I just mentioned, right? They're getting they're, they're getting ready to take off or whatever the case is. And the client kind of starts getting upset saying, hey, this is my money, but the advisor doesn't comply. Are they being naughty or are they being nice? Provided they're, everything's set up where they can easily transfer that money and they've already signed the documentation necessary to move money from their investment accounts to their bank accounts, mm-hmm. the advisor's being a little bit naughty here. He, really? You know, okay. it, this, this situation... From a compliance standpoint, if you've got everything, if you've got the written instruction and the the person, you know, if so, the, the written the advisor, email kind of covers the that kind of, that side of it. The fact that it's an email, yeah, okay, yep. The fact you have written documentation, I think, is is substantial enough. Um, and a lot of this, again, depends on the relationship you have with the client. Um, now, uh, sending an email last minute before you board a flight, I think, is a little unreasonable on the client's standpoint. I was going to say, like, that, uh, that comes back to us too, right? It's like poor planning mm-hmm. on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. And, and I've, I appreciate you coming from that standpoint of saying, you know, they could be being a little naughty, but I, I kind of viewed it as being nice because, you know, sometimes as people, we've been taught, well, the customer's always right, but that's not always the case. It really, you know, it isn't tr- always true. And what if your email was, I know it's in a long shot, but what if your email was hacked, right? I have no, you know, I want to make sure it's you before I transfer $10,000 and then you land and find out $10,000 is gone. Yeah. You know, so I can see this going either way. mm -hmm. Well, and and again, if you've had the, if you have the instruction, the one thing that does concern me, and this is where I would, you did say that they asking for the money to be wired, and this is where I will I will verbally confirm with the client because gotcha. okay. when you wire when you wire the money on a wire, it's gone through an ACH transaction. Um, if it's already set up on your account, mm-hmm. that's very secure. Okay, um, fair, and that that money can be reconstituted to the client fairly easily. Wired money, though, um, just knowing knowing the banking side um, through the through the board that I serve on. Yeah. Um, once you wire funds, they're gone. And and if it's the wrong wiring instructions or somebody does it, I mean, you're not going to get that money back That's unless there's point. an FBI investigation. So the fact that he does use the word wire does big red flag constitute to say, yes, I would want a verbal on that. And, and you should too, as a client, don't get peeved at your advisor for being <laughs> uh, secure with your money because exactly. that's what you yeah. hire an advisor to do that prevents right. fraud. Right. So, yeah. you know, that, that, that is substantiated. Again, I say it goes back to the relationship and it goes back to, do I have any pre-existing instruction already set? If you do, no problem. Okay. If you don't, a verbal is very justifiable to make sure your money gets to where you need it to be. All right. Well, cool. And I think this was kind of a fun conversation to have because some oftentimes we don't think, you know, we talk about, you know, getting a plan and let's talk about social security maximization and insurance. We don't think about like the nuance, right? The like the little things of how you know the actual relationship can go. So I thought this was a fun way to kind of you know tap into that and also bring the Christmas kind of theme into it. So we'll do one more and then we'll wrap it up uh, for this uh, session of the show. But a prospective client asks for some testimonials from existing clients when they go to visit a potential new advisor. And, uh, you know, the, the advisor happily provides some testimonials from three different clients attesting to the satisfaction with the services. Is the advisor being naughty or nice? The rules <laughs> have been kicked around on this a lot. And uh, are I, testimonials okay now? I know they've, they've said yes, and then they've said no. And 
I'm going to say what Santa would say. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> this is a tricky one. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somebody wants to know, they want testimonials from the advisor. This is, this is really sticky. So um, no, I would not be, we have not gotten the full green light on using testimonials. Yeah. The SEC um, has been, has kicked that can down the road a number of times. We were told it was coming this year. Yeah. Um, and then I haven't heard anything as far as uh, a green light by the SEC right, to use. Right. Testimonials. So that's the first thing. You know, which is strange because with people handling your money, I mean, you can use a testimonial about anybody. Anybody can use testimonials written uh, in almost every industry, but we are not allowed to use a, a written testimonial. Right. So one of the ways I think you can get around that, you know, is um, have clients independently, you know, write a Google review for the for you, you know, as an advisor. And uh, if you're listening today and you want to do that on your own Google account, I would love that because, um, you know, that that is going to be a written testimonial. And as you're searching online, I mean, that adds some credibility because we've all done that. Uh, but you know, you you can't really provide that. Um, no, that's, and as I that's, said, that's illegal. The other you can't provide and it anyway, right? The the advisor is being very naughty there and should be reported if they are using testimonials because that is completely illegal at this point. And there's some things do, you can so. do, Matt. Like you can pre you can vet a potential advisor. So go to something like yeah. Fenred.org. Go to Fenred.org or broker check, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and and look and check out their licenses. Check check and see if there's any complaints against them. Uh, there, to your there, point, go to go to Google and see if someone's given a their own unbiased review. You know? Yeah. You know, the other thing is um I've heard of clients um buying products online from advisors. And I actually, I had scolded somebody for doing that. And mm-hmm. I went and I did a, a search and I looked for their, they bought an annuity from an advisor from California over the internet, oh, geez. over the internet. And then I went and looked up this person's name and found out this person's affiliate was the one who actually had sold the product and it was an affiliate because this person was barred because they were fraudulent with seniors and they were barred from selling. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like literally this person has a criminal record. It's right here in the whatever County courthouse. I Googled the guy's name, printed off, you know, umpteen pages of, Complaint, complaint, complaint. Never, never was re- restored the client's money. He sold like a half a million dollars from this person. It, it was ridiculous. And you just bought a product without checking out who you're buying from. Yeah, you, I mean, you I couldn't believe it. it. Yeah, you've got to. We, we have to do our diligence too. It's it's yes, we yes we do. Yeah. So yeah, so you definitely um, ask them for testimonials. You you know. You can ask, and if they provide them, yeah, they should be reported. That's, that's probably a red, that's probably a red flag. That. Yeah, exactly. That'll get you on the naughty list. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun, you know. So, and I think it also provides some insight. So, when we're looking for a potential financial advisor, we've got to do that some of that legwork ourselves, and we have to realize yep. that what you guys do is incredibly important. We're you're dealing with someone's life savings, so you want to make sure you're working with the right person who has the right, uh, you know, kind of standards. Uh, and as a fiduciary, Matt, you have to do what's you know legally and ethically and morally responsible for your clients first before yourself. So that's another yeah. piece of that component too. Look at and vet out the type of person that you're working with so that you don't find yep. yourself on the naughty or nice list. And I don't mean Matt, I mean <laughs> us as the I mean us as the client. So uh, that's, that's right. gonna do it. Have a great holiday folks. We're gonna get out of here. Thanks for hanging out Mondays with Matt. We'll be back in January with another episode. Uh, as always don't forget to subscribe, Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. You can find it all at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions.com. That's Great Lakes Retirement Solutions 
com. Matt, have a great holiday, and I'll see you in January. You too, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, and a Happy New Year. We will be back in January, as Mark said. If you got any questions on, on any of the topics that we've covered, just give us a call or shoot us an email, and um, we'd love to have that conversation with you. So thanks so much for listening, and um, have a Happy New Year. And we'll see you next time here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.